Hey everybody, welcome to Inside the Genie's Lamp podcast where we go on a deep dive to help you discover how to move on from yo-yo diets and away from toxic diet culture. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Travis Murrells. I'm the owner and a head coach of The Fitness Genie. I've battled extremely poor mental health, manic depression, crippling anxiety, homelessness, and the absolute rock bottom that comes with those depressive thoughts. Fast forward to today, however, I've coached over 1,000 people to reduce anxiety, heal their relationships with food, themselves, and their body. Now we have an amazing, outstanding team coaching women all over the globe to achieve the body, but more importantly, the life that they want to be living. So if you're someone that is ready to move on from the classic 90s fad diets, Slimming World, Jenny Craig, unsustainable 1200 calorie meal plans, and you want some freedom in your life, then this is the podcast for you. All of our coaching is one-on-one and 100% customized to the individual. We find a middle ground to start from and build the program around the client as opposed to trying to get a client to fit our system. We decided to say, fuck it, throw out the previous designs of the fitness industry and create something that actually works. Designing it from scratch every time a new client wants to change their life and signs up. So I'm not gonna keep you any longer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram so you can engage when we're looking for feedback, ideas, discussion topics, and all that fun stuff. But otherwise, enjoy this episode of Inside the Genie's Lamp. I don't know what this podcast is going to be, but I literally just had a thought and want to jump on here to record the idea of, have you thought about doing it in spite of something? Whether it's a label, whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's something that is a typical thought pattern that's in your head. Because, all right, so, hmm. Something that's always been a big issue for a lot of coaches that are starting to, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this, so bear with me. Something that's been a lot of, something that is a typical block or an obstacle for a lot of coaches that are getting into the industry is, and this was a big one for me, which was, How am I going to do this because I am? And then whatever it is. How am I going to be a personal trainer when I'm depressed? How am I going to be a personal trainer when I have crippling anxiety? How am I going to do this when I am, when I have? And it's those associations that, in my head anyway. Oh my God, where is this going? It's those associations that we put up as mental blocks, as mental walls. I'm not good at this, therefore I don't. And it could just be something where I'm starting to see a lot of it on TikTok, Instagram, fucking everywhere else in the, in the universe, let's just say, that everything that we do is self-imposed. And if you take action on stuff that is self-imposed, you're never going to go anywhere. Because there's a lot of people that are, particularly that I'm starting to catch up with now from, like there's some people from high school and there's some people, I don't even know, I've got, this is what I used to, I've got a little thing on my finger that you can't see, but if this goes up, then people will see this little thing. It's a cap for one of my pen, one of my paints that I use for D&D. But anyway, uh, catching up with a lot of people and I'm starting to hear feedback from people now that we're actually starting to get some momentum or actually starting to change lives and we're going international and holy shit, the fitness genie is actually starting to become a very successful business. And by definition, we are in the top 1% of businesses in Australia based on revenue. Uh, so that's pretty fucking wild. And... Now that we're successful, it's crazy to hear that people are like, hey, yeah, oh my God, fucking knew you could do it. It's like, then fucking share my shit. Why didn't you do that? Where were you when I fucking needed the support, huh? You weren't anywhere then. But anyway, uh, off topic. Doing things in spite of. So when I started in the industry, the reason I created the Fitness Genie 
was because I wanted to talk about my mental health and how fucking poor it was. Because I felt like a massive imposter trying to help people look a certain way and move a certain way. And movement used to be my jam because I'm obviously personal trainer. But experimenting with different movements and trying to feel it in a particular part of the body and isolating particular muscles and trying to do this, that and whatever and trying to get as complex as possible with movements. Learning how someone moved and how the body moved and how it was just so interesting for how it all worked together. How your left calf could be impacting your right glute, which could be impacting your left shoulder, which has been impacting your fucking neck. And all of that starts down the kinetic chain. And that just fucking blew my mind when I was like, holy shit, this is how it all works together? Fuck that. I have a lot to learn. So trying to be a personal trainer and trying to look a particular way, it was, I'm not going to be a successful personal trainer because I look like this. I'm not going to be a successful personal trainer because I have depression. I'm not going to be a successful personal trainer because I have crippling anxiety. How am I meant to go out and get new clients or do cold calls when I am absolutely fucking riddled with anxiety, cannot even fucking get out of bed in the morning and all of these yada, yada, yadas that I was just like, I can't do this because. And the script completely changed when I was like, well, I fucking have to. Because it's not about me. I know that I've spoken about this heaps of times and this might even be that podcast. I don't know yet. Um, There's literally no script to this. There's no nothing, as you can tell. I have no fucking idea what I'm going to talk about. But it's not about me. And when I met Beth, I finally met something that... I met something. I discovered something or met something or someone that was actually more important than me. Because the entire time that I was going through this journey, it was... I can't do this because of me. And I don't want to be alive because of me. And finally, I had met someone or something to actually work for and have a purpose and actually have that ability to be able to say, it's not about me anymore. It's about this woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And it was like the second date where I was like, nah, fuck this. This is the woman I'm marrying. I'm doing everything I can to keep her around. And that energy... Honestly, I don't know if the fitness genie would be where it is today if it weren't for Beth. Because of that mental shift that happened of, I'm going to do everything I can to keep this person in my life. And that mental energy shift quickly became what I was known for of, man, Trav is so determined. It's like, well, yeah, because I don't want to let this person down. I'm doing everything I can right now to make sure that we, Beth and I, have the flexibility financially and then also time-wise to spend with our family and be there to help her and provide for the family and do you know do all that fucking manny stuff. But then also be there to pick up and take the kids to school and basketball practice and ugh, fucking horse events. My God, if they do if they do horses or become equestrians, I'm oh I'll fucking support them. But my God, I fucking hope they don't. <laughs> I'd rather them play soccer. <laughs> But anywho, um, so it was just, the, it was a weird thing for me to be able to have that mental shift, to be able to say, there's finally something that's bigger than me and better than me and worth working for and worth sacrificing my comfort zone of, I don't want to do anything because I'm depressed and anxious and all these things. It quickly became about the future. And that shift for me happened because of Beth and it can happen for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. The first thing that got me out of rock bottom was suicide. And I was like, I don't want to do this. It was like, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. And it was 
right, well, this is it. Goodbye. This is how it ends. I did that. I faced that twice. Everything. Once you've faced your own death and you're like, you know what? I've come to grips with this. This is how it ends. This is how it is. This is it. Once you've done that, everything suddenly becomes so much easier to, to do or to justify to yourself. And it's like, oh, well, if I can do that, I can do this. And it's such a weird concept to be talking about now because I'm, I'm actually, well, I'd like to think mentally healthy, but people listening to the podcast are like, fucking good one. Good one, Travis. You may have fooled everyone else, but not us. Um, definitely not feeling, fooling people on TikTok. Fucking tell you that much. <laughs> the, the thing that switched for me was doing something in spite of. And I love creating a chip on my shoulder. And if anyone has seen Michael Jordan, the last, the last dance, that docu-series on Netflix, that's what I did for a lot of things in my life. I'm going to do this in spite of you telling me that I can't do this. I'm going to do this just because you told me that I couldn't do it. Everyone that was people, I'm not going to, yeah, people that were close to me, told me to give up and that I shouldn't do it, that it's not a real job, that I should just do something else, typical nine to five, typical blue collar job, just do this, just do that, put your head down, get the money, pay the bills, get a house, get a girl, settle down and essentially live to work or go do what you need to do in work so that you can bring home money and do what you want to do. And that felt so fucking weird to me because anyone who made decent money, and this was me looking around at the time, anyone that I knew that made decent money was not doing eight hours a a day. And anybody who was doing eight hours a day was on minimum wage, somewhere between 40 and $60,000 a year, which isn't terrible. Not terrible. 60,000 isn't terrible. Um, 40,000. Yeah. You'd be lucky to get a, well, you can't buy fucking anything. Um, anyway, um, on 40,000, you can't fucking buy anything. Sucks balls. Um, so yeah, it was a, um, it was a weird thing that I think it was like 16 or 17 that I was looking around and I was like, man, the parents of my friends, the ones that are really successful, they typically don't get home until like eight or they're working on the weekends or they're doing this, they're doing that. And they found little moments here or there to be able to have fun and celebrate. And that was cool, but everyone who was doing eight hours and just getting by was miserable. And it was really funny how the people who were working more, doing something they enjoyed, made more money and also seemed happier. And yet the advice that I was getting at the time was, you don't have to like your job, you just have to get paid so that you can go off and do something that you want to do. And I understand the principle behind it and I agree with it now that I'm actually mentally healthy, but it just sounded fucking miserable. Working five days a week for eight hours a day to be able to have two days on the weekend where I could sit down and relax because everything else during that day was going to be eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work. There's 16 gone. Factor in whatever travel that it was. If I was going to be a real estate agent, the travel that I did for that when I was one was around about an hour and a half a day back and forth. Uh, Being a chippy or a carpenter or any sort of manual labor, it was like, well, you could be working wherever the fuck you want to be working. And that could be anywhere between 10 minutes from home or an hour and a half from home. 
that travel was completely fucked. And then getting home or just going straight to the gym, there's another, let's just say hour and a half because my workouts were intense back then. There's another hour and a half. By the time I get home, I'm fucking wrecked. No time left for whatever. Maybe two hours of computer games or something to unwind, not factoring in cooking or anything like that or fucking shopping to be able to go get that stuff. But it just sounded fucking miserable. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do something that I love. But every single person was telling me that I couldn't do it, that I shouldn't do it, that it wasn't worth it, that all of these things, like, how are you going to do this? Or I remember when I signed up with my business coach, the first one that was an absolute fuckwit, um, did all that. And I was like, hey, I'm spending $20,000 on this. Uh, This is what's going to happen. People are going to pay me $3,000 for this amount of coaching. And they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And every person that I told was like, that's silly. Who's going to pay you that much money? Why would someone pay you that much when they can just do it for free? Why would someone do that or invest with you when you can't even get your own mental health together? When you can't, and I was like, fuck yeah, these are all valid points. And my brother was the first one that said, all right, cool. Like that's a lot of fucking money. So you better go to work for it. And that was, it didn't say exactly that but I'm paraphrasing because it was fucking ages ago, but it was essentially the topic of cool. Like you've done it, you're in, you can't back out. So now you've really got to work for it. And I was like, yeah, like that's, that's what I want. And when I got home, I was like, fuck, what am I going to tell Beth? Cause I did this 10% deposit. That's everything that I had. I really want to do this. I really want to make it work. What am I going to say? I went home and I remember it so fucking vividly. She was, it was sunny. It was about 23 degrees. And the grass had been cut probably like four days before because it had that like nice symmetrical sheen to it. She was with her horse Otter at the time near the fence, near the gate. And I remember like walking down this like ever so slightly descending grass driveway or like is the easiest way to describe it if I'm painting you a word picture. This grass driveway that descended slowly down towards the paddocks and there was a gate to get into the paddocks that was closed. Beth was on the other side of the gate where the hose was filling up a bucket. And I was like, hey, how's your day been? And she's like, yep. I can't remember a single fucking word she said because I was so in my head about how do I say this? How do I say that I've just spent $20,000? And as she was talking in my head, I was like, I've spent $20,000. I've spent $20,000. I've spent $20,000. Until eventually I cut her off and I just went, I've spent $20,000. She was like, what? And I went, yeah, that coaching course that I was going to do, I put the deposit down uh, like a few hours ago. I'm in, I think I'm going to do it. And she stopped filling up the bucket, looked straight ahead, which was for me, if she's looking straight ahead, I was on her left side. She looked out to the neighbors and just went, wow. Hey everybody, quickly jumping in to remind you that the 26th of September is just around the corner. And I know you're thinking, Travis, why in the hell does that date matter? Well, I'm gonna tell you. Because if you're considering signing up for any of the three-month options of Mindset Coaching or just any program that has a three-month option, really, that is the last date that you can sign up with us to finish before Christmas. I know, the year is just absolutely flying by. The Fitness Genie as a whole is going to be shutting down from the 23rd of December through to the 9th of January so that everyone can have a well-deserved break and not have to mentally worry about doing anything 
during that time. We can just reset, refresh, and come back as the coaches and the team that you know and love. If you do happen to sign up for a coaching program that goes through those dates, however, all we do is put the program on pause and add those three weeks onto the end of your coaching program. If you're even somewhat interested, reach out via the website now so you can jump on a call with one of the coaches. Lindsay has been absolutely crushing it and the feedback we're receiving from her clients, I couldn't have asked for anything more from a coach. Her books are filling up quickly and I know for a fact that she won't be onboarding clients between the 26th of September and the 9th of January. So make sure you get in quick before all of her spots are gone. Laura, the newest addition to Team Fitness Genie, but has already separated herself from the pack. Shit, even even I'm learning things from her. The results that Laura is going to produce for her clients is going to be some next level shit. She also has an introduction offer running at the time of this recording for the first 10 clients to sign up with her, receive 15% off. So make sure you reach out and get in before the prices go back up so that you can change your life and to be completely honest, save some money for Christmas presents. So if you are interested, let us know. Check out our website, www.thefitnessgenie.com.au or the link in our Instagram bio to apply for coaching or for more information. But for now, back to the episode. And then something was just like, okay. And then she turned to me and she went, okay, we'll make it work. We'll find a way to make it work. And I nearly broke down in tears. That was like the first time that I've ever had some sort of support to be like, oh my God, you made this decision. That's awesome. I'm going to support you through it. And she said, she said we for the first time. And there's been we of like, yeah, we're coming because we both got invited somewhere or we're doing this because both of us are in this. But I said that I have done this thing and I spent this money and I did this and she went, okay, we'll figure it out. And I was like, oh my God, that's what that feels like. (laughs) That's what support feels like, man. I haven't had that in fucking 20 odd something years. And it was just so refreshing. I could have broken down right there, but I was like, oh my gosh, okay, good. And then we just hugged for, I don't, it felt like the world's fucking longest hug. But then I was like, sweet, I'm, I'm in, I'm doing this. And that chip on my shoulder, it almost got healed to the point where I was like, fuck, I'm going to have no motivation. (laughs) But it almost got healed in the sense that I was like, oh my God, I want that. Like, that's all I want. And then that support, I was like, okay, how do I give that support back to Beth? How do I do that? How do I do everything I can for this woman? And that quickly became the purpose that I was looking forward to. That was the thing that I was working for. And the thing that I was working against, which is where I work better, is that typical like under pressure, um, back against the wall and just those types of situations, things tend to just slow down a lot for me. Um, And I know it's because of the adrenaline and because everything seems to be going fast, but when the adrenaline is pumping, your heart rate increases, so your blood flow increases, so you can actually think a lot more clearly if you learn how to manage that. And I did through majority of my sporting career. Um, so all of that was just, that's where I work better. And I know that. And I know that, that for a fact. But everything from anyone that had ever said, you can't do this because, and even when I would say it, I would be like, I can't do this because I'm depressed or I have depression or I have anxiety and I can't do these things that a normal person would do. I instead kept that exact same script, but then turned it on itself to say, I'm going to do this thing in spite of 
depression. In spite of anxiety, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show to fucking everyone that ever doubted me that I can do this in spite of all the things that are wrong with me. And it's become a very powerful story for me in business to be able to say, hey, I understand where you are because it took me 60 minutes of crying in my car for a gym session that didn't even last one minute. I was homeless on the Mornington Peninsula living in a fucking Camry that I didn't even fit in. I think it was like a 2000 Camry. I didn't fit in it, but I had a sleeping bag and I was looking for work. I was homeless for two months and I made it work somehow. Out of everything that I've done, coaching you to lose weight is going to be one of the simplest fucking things that I have ever done. And yet we're going to come out of this program and I'm going to change your fucking life. Everything that I'm going to teach you and everything that I'm going to do, I am fucking certain that if you take all of that and you apply it and you fucking do it, I will change your life 110% because this is simple shit. Because I have faced my death before. I have come face to face with that and accepted it and tried to take it twice and I failed at that. Everything from this point forward is so fucking easy for me in comparison to where I was. Yes, it's still stressful. Yes, it is still difficult sometimes. But in comparison to where I was, this shit is fucking simple. And I'm going to show you how simple it is through these very simple methods that I have given to literally over 1,000 fucking people that have come before you. And I'm going to show you how you can do this yourself so you don't have to pay another fucking cunt out there in the fitness industry that is blasting 1,200 calories and unlimited hit classes so that they can get a before and after off the back of your mental health being expended because fuck your mental health, you're a number in the system, you need to pay us because the owner needs the revenue coming in so that way we don't go under and these three, four people lose their jobs. So fuck your mental health, we need you to look a particular way so we're going to starve you so that we can do that for marketing purposes. Where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) Um... Well, I suppose you you know now what I'm working against. I don't know where that came from. Apologies. Um, but that's why I've sort of done this script of doing things in spite of something. And I'm seeing a lot of people, particularly on fucking TikTok, something comes up where it's general typical advice of this is how you lose weight or this is how you can lose weight. And every single person that is commenting is commenting to say, like, you know, if you do something good, no one will know that you've done anything at all. That's a fucking saying that I picked up off Futurama when I was like fucking nine and it's just stuck in my head forever. And it is so true. The only people that will really comment are people who are trying to defend themselves or tell themselves a story about why it's okay that they fucking suck. And there's a lot of good reasons for why people are stuck where they are. But then at the same time, it's like, yeah, like the, this five, six, seven, eight things that you've done are all, if you look at it, they're all the exact same shit. At some point, it's on us to be able to say, okay, I'm done with this. How do I move on to something that's completely left field? How do I move on to something that's not the same shit every single time? My fitness pal, tracking calories and macros. No one there to keep you accountable, but you've got to hit these numbers. Go for it. Noom, a fucking app that's essentially 1500 calories that tells you what to eat, but no one to keep you accountable. Exact same thing. 
keto numbers that are keeping you or a fucking don't eat carbs and you have to keep yourself accountable and there's not too much going on there. But as long as you don't eat a carb, you're fucking fine. Same shit. You can say the exact same thing for Keto, Noom, My Fitness Pal, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, HelloFresh, You Foods, My Muscle Chef. All of these things are the exact same shit with different marketing. It's done for you. Meal plan delivery. So you don't have to think. So you don't have to cook. So you don't have to do fucking anything other than chuck it in a microwave. Which is good if you're after convenience and after the things that it's selling. But not if you're like... Because they all sell fucking weight loss meal plans, right? Like, hey, if you want to do this, just fucking eat this meal plan. You'll be fine. What happens when you finish it? No one ever asks that question. No one ever asks what next. Because the company that's selling you the now has no fucking answer for what's next. At some point, the responsibility has to fall back on you or me as the consumer to be able to say, hey, what's next? Like, what happens when I finish? Or what happens when this? What happens when that? What's the, what's the accountability like? How does that look? How many people that do your program actually sustain their results? How many people do you have that you follow up with three, six, nine, 12 months? We're just not asking questions. Now understand why we're not asking questions. It's either A, we don't know the questions to ask, or B, we can't be fucked asking them because we're so mentally depleted from everything else that's going on in life. We're just like, yeah, shut the fuck up and tell me what to do. So we can't exactly blame the fitness industry for giving you, for giving you exactly what you wanted. I don't want to think. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to lift a finger. Just fucking tell me what to do. I want to show up and do this. Cool. We can do that. Pay us. Okay, cool. Here's all this stuff. And then a year later, yeah, that didn't really work for me. Yes, it did. It told you what to do. It gave you exactly what you wanted. It. And you fucking, you asked for it and it was delivered on a silver platter. It worked. But it didn't work long term because you didn't factor in long term. Because you didn't want to look at six months from now, 12 months from now. Which is where we get a lot of our clients coming in. And I bring it up for them because I've, I've fucking seen it. I bring it up for them and say, where do you want to be in six months? Where do you want to be in 12 months? What type of stuff have you done in the past that we can do differently so that you can keep your results for when you finish? I'm asking these questions as the coach to you, like that you should be asking me, but I'm bringing them up because I know what people are going to go through and I don't want the fitness genie to be another person or another fucking organization that just falls into the fitness industry bullshit of, yeah, that didn't really work for me. We are here to make ourselves redundant. It's the world's fucking shittest business model. I don't know why I fucking tripled down on it. (laughs) But that's why I'm here. That's what I want to do. That's what I want the fitness genie to be. Because the supply and demand of fucking humans, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be. If I had a 100% success rate, which I do not, anyone that says they have a 100% success rate is either A, lying, or B, hasn't been in the industry long enough. Uh, So, even if I had a 100% success rate, every single client that I have worked with, that would still be like 0.00001% of the population. Probably even less. Where am I going on this podcast? I don't even know. Is it a podcast? I don't know. Maybe it's just a fucking ranty vlog I need to get out of my head. I don't know. If you're listening to this, then obviously you know that it's become a podcast, but I don't know if I'll put it up. I don't know. Anyway, I don't even know what it is, but... Just do shit in spite of shit. The best advice I'll ever give you is do it in spite of it. Because you're going to feel shit anyway. 
If you're already depressed, if you're already anxious, if you're already the worst fucking person that you believe that you can be, then go off and do something anyway. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're still going to feel like shit when you wake up in the morning. So you might as well fucking get something from it. That's what got me to where I am. Oh, I feel like shit, so I'm going to go do this instead. Oh, I feel like shit, but I'm, I might as well get something from it in a week. Oh, I might as well feel strong. Oh, I might as well do this so that I can say at least I'm trying. And then what happened? Oh my god, all that shit worked that people were talking about on the internet and my therapist was telling me to do and all of these things. I'm still going to feel shit. I might as well get something from it because fuck all of you. That's, that, was my, that was my mentality when I was going through the ringer. When I was completely mentally down. I still use it sometimes today. But doing something in spite of something is probably the best advice I'm going to give people because it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter this, that, whatever. It's just, hey, this is such an emotionalist decision that when A happens, B happens. When I wake up, I go to the gym. When this happens, I eat like this. When it, like everything, everything in life is just a trigger effect. We're just unaware of most of the triggers that we have because 98% of what we do is subconscious and habitual. And when we're living our entire fucking lives where 98% of it has already been decided based on our behaviors and thought patterns and habits and behaviors, if I didn't say that, it is fucked how much people are leaving on the table because they would rather do the simple thing and live off their habits that they've never really addressed in the first place. Like, where did you get your habits from? Did you get them from your mum or dad? Or did you get them from a coach? Did you get them from a, a fucking teammate, a friend? Where did you get... Oh my God, the cheese face. Where did you get your habits from? Where did you get your belief systems from? Where did you get everything that you think from? Where did you get your thought patterns from? Where did you get your triggers from? Where did you get your fears from? Nobody asks these questions. And yet they just go through life as if... Like, we, we know that the science is there that 98% of what we do is habitual and subconscious. And yet, that 2% that we have, we don't actually fucking do anything with it anyway. So there's a lot of people that are leaving a lot on the table because they would rather live under the catchphrase of ignorance is bliss. Anyway. Don't really know where I'm going with this one, but if it is a podcast, if it does end up being a podcast, then I hope you got something from it, but just do something in spite of something, for fuck's sake. Stop doing the exact same things day in and day out and expecting something to change and wondering why you feel so shitty. We know why you feel shit, so do something about it, but...